Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden this time. And there is a shocking surprise in the Ukraine, at least shocking for me, and that is the Chinese embassy is still open. What? There is, I think, a shock to most people around the world that have been watching what's taking place inside the Ukraine with the Ukraine blowing up and all of the missiles coming in from an attack from Russia. I have been absolutely blown away that the Ukrainians have been able to hold their ground. But more than the Ukrainians holding their ground is the idea that right now there is still in a Chinese embassy that is operating in the Ukraine, it is still running as an embassy and still providing services to Chinese citizens, of which there seems to be about 6,000, which I was not even aware of until this morning when I opened up one of my browsers and I saw this video that was coming in from a Chinese on the ground uh, outside of Kiev. Um, I... I, you're not really going to understand anything that's going on. I'm just going to play this video uh, for you that's online and just tell you what this woman's saying. Uh, there's a video that is coming straight from this uh, this woman that is recording with her phone from her apartment. She's got an elevated position so she can see pretty far away. The area that she's at in the Ukraine is pretty flat, and she's watching bombs going off and then filming them with her phone. This is what she says. So she's saying, you know, it's it's far away. What's happening is far away, but uh, but I can still visibly see it. So yeah, I'm sitting here, I'm watching this like video that was recorded on somebody's phone and shared via WeChat um, online about uh, Chinese citizens that are living in the Ukraine and filming this war that's going on. They're right in the middle of it. I, I should have understood. I should have already known that there would be Chinese in Ukraine. Of course, there's Chinese everywhere. But the fact that the Chinese embassy is still up and going, I mean, how many embassies are operating right now in Ukraine, most people have pulled out. They pulled out a long time ago. But the Chinese ambassador to the Ukraine, a guy by the name of Fan Xianrong, Fan Xianrong, said um, on Saturday, um, just yesterday, that he was still in the Ukrainian capital of Kiev and that he is ready to provide services. He did a nine-minute video from his embassy in Kiev. I can tell you right now that that is one location that is probably the safest location in all of Ukraine. I guarantee you that Russians have that area green zoned off, that that is a no-go 
area. I say green zone as as like the area for like in Kabul when the when the Americans had like a safe zone, right? We see the same thing. But there's a, there's something else that I believe is blowing my mind. So it's not just that there is a Ukraine Chinese or there's a Chinese embassy in the Ukraine. It's not just that they're still operating, which blew my mind. There is a miracle happening right now. Only a few days ago, from the time that I'm doing this podcast, which is the 27th, Sunday, the 27th of February, only a few days ago, it looked as if Russia was going to be taking over the Ukraine in a matter of hours. It looked as if they were going to do a blitzkrieg, a fast, overwhelming attack on the Ukraine, and there would be nothing the Ukrainians could do about it. I remember hearing from the very first hours that the war kicked off that the Ukrainian president had already left his country, which I felt was a betrayal. It turns out that that report was not true. The president did not abandon his countrymen. And in fact, he is on the ground fighting shoulder to shoulder in the trenches with his fellow countrymen, and they're doing an amazing job. A miracle is happening. There are Christians all around the world that are coming together and praying for the Ukraine. And the Ukrainians have been able to hold off one of the world's most feared powers, Russia. It wasn't just, you, you got to understand that the, one of the reasons why we're covering this. So most people are like listening to this podcast. Li hey, listen, your expertise, Eugene, is not in the Ukraine. Your expertise is in China. Yes, I will agree with that. I will 100% agree with that. I, well, kind of, right? I wouldn't even know if my expertise is in China. Yeah, I've, I've lived there for a long time, but I don't always know what's going on. I mean, how many people show up on BBC every day saying that they're an expert on what's taking place inside of the, inside of the UK, and then somebody comes on and completely argues with them the opposite. So just because you have a different idea or you claim that you're an expert doesn't mean that you're right. In fact, most of the time, especially as it relates to the COVID, right, the people that claim to be experts are, have turned out to be completely wrong on identifying how to handle the disease and what to do as a society for us to keep it from spreading. <laughs> they were wrong on almost everything they said. But with what is taking place inside of the Ukraine, we've had an overflow of people that have come in over 100,000 today. I just got a message from our team in Poland who shared with me that there have been 100,000 refugees that have come across the border into Poland and that it's just the beginning and that there's a major push for them from the Polish evangelical Bible producers to prepare a fast lane for free of charge New Testaments for Ukrainians in the Ukrainian language. That's a big, big deal for us. Um, I immediately responded to our Polish team and said, anything that we can do to provide Bibles, in fact, right now we can provide our Black Trumpet Bible for the Ukrainians. Black Trumpet is a special Bible uh, program that we have developed that allows people to hide their Bibles, especially if they're a member of the Underground House Church. We are providing that for free in the Ukrainian language. We're working on that today to get that into the hands of the Ukrainian as Ukrainians as quickly as possible. And we also want to be a part of any Bible distribution that we can be a part of. And our 
Polish office, our good friend Tim, who is the director of the of the Back to Jerusalem office in Poland, is overseeing that, and we are so excited about the work that he is doing. One of the things, though, that was very, very clear, and this is important for you to know, that just a couple days ago, I felt that the opening up of Russia in the Ukraine, and that the fact that the Ukraine would fall in a matter of hours, was a door that is opening up to a to a lot of bad possibilities. Because I felt that the Ukraine would fall in a matter of hours, and that I felt that the president of the Ukraine had run, I felt that Russia would be able to then turn their sights on to other countries. Iran would be able to focus their sights on other countries. More importantly, China would be able to open up their sights onto Taiwan specifically. That turned out, at least for what I've seen so far of what's taking place in the Ukraine, to be wrong because of two things. I think that I was wrong because of two things. I think that history is changing course because one, people are praying, Christians are praying for the nation of the Ukraine. And two, Christians are praying for Russians. This is so important that Christians around the world are solidifying, coming together, holding special candlelight services to pray for those in Ukraine and to pray for those in Russia. And what we have seen is that the Ukrainians are fighting back and the Russians have a fight on their hands. And Christians are also praying for Russians and Russians are protesting. Russian soldiers are not fighting as hard. In fact, we're starting to get um, information now that the soldiers were told that they were on a training exercise. They didn't know that they were going to invade Ukraine. And so it's very important that Christians around the world, especially those listening to this Back to Jerusalem podcast, to continue to pray for the Russian people because thousands of Russians have gone to the streets protesting. I think they arrested like 1,700 the day before yesterday. But the true situation is revealing itself on the surface. And that is Russia, in many ways, is a paper tiger. I've been saying this for a while, that Russia is not the threat that most people think it is. I mean, if you look at the Russian economy by itself, the Russian economy is smaller than the state of California. Obama, and, and by the way, this is a pretty important podcast. I almost never quote Obama, but I'm going to be quoting Obama for this podcast. And he said it this way, Russia's economy doesn't produce anything. Direct quote. Russia's economy doesn't produce anything. Not anything that anybody wants to buy, except for oil, gas, and arms. That's it. Basically, Russia's like this large gas station that doesn't sell road snacks and phone chargers. So Russia has a lot of influence, especially over Europe, because they're the main provider of natural gas, main provider of oil uh, for the EU. They provide like a quarter of the oil and a third of all natural gas. Germany, which is EU's largest economy, is heavily reliant up on Russia. But because of what we are seeing with billions of dollars being spent by Russia in the Ukraine every single day, because their economy is not as big as California. I mean, if you look at a place that's a fraction of the size with less than half of the people, Italy, for example, 
Italy has a ton of products that they sell around the world. Russia doesn't have any. So their economy really does rely heavily on oil and gas. They do share a border with China, and China is a big consumer of oil and gas. So they, they've got customers, just in case the EU and the US are no longer buying from the Russian market. They are the second largest oil producer in the world behind Saudi Arabia. And right now, one of the things that we are seeing that is not something that I saw coming down the pike, and that is we are seeing NATO for the first time being called up. NATO troops, air, land, sea are being called up by the thousands. In many ways, this gave new life to an organization that has never been used. NATO has never really been called up. In fact, many people started to wonder whether we needed it anymore. I mean, when we looked at Trump, one of the things that Trump was saying uh, when he was president is, do we even need this? And so there was a big fear that maybe um, NATO would fade away if the U.S. pulled out. But one of the ways that the EU was able to keep the NATO going was to make a deal with Trump, which is what he wanted, which is the NATO, the other NATO allies, the other members of the organization, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which is a military uh, pact between basically Europe and America. There are other members that are a part of it as well, but that's the main bulk of the people that are a part of it. And so you got Europe and America basically joined together in this agreement, this pact, this organization called NATO. And Trump was saying that there was not enough money being given by the other member states, that the U.S. was footing the bill for the majority of the expenses and it wasn't fair. And so he was saying, is there even a use for NATO any longer? And the way that they were able to argue for the need for NATO was the threats that had been growing from Russia. And now those threats have actually come to fruition and NATO is being called up for the first time since World War II. That's a big deal. This is a big problem that I didn't really anticipate before. It's a big problem for China because Taiwan is connected directly to NATO. In 2002, it was de designated of what they call an MNN, which is a major non-NATO ally, which is code for, we can't officially allow you into NATO, but you're still a part of NATO. So now we have an active forces that are taking place. This impacts us directly. So the, our, on one of our earlier podcasts, I shared how this incident in the Ukraine impacts us as missionaries directly. The first thing that I pointed to was the practical aspect. The practical aspect is the flying. We're already seeing flying routes that go from Europe into Asia being stopped. Also, America into Asia being rerouted. Being rerouted because they often use Russian airspace, which is probably not going to happen in the next coming days. We're talking days, not weeks here, because we're already starting to see that Russia is being removed from the SWIFT program. SWIFT program, for those of you that are not familiar with international banking, is the international banking ID number that every bank has. Every bank has a SWIFT code. That SWIFT code is something that banks have to apply for for international transfers. This is something that came into play at a, in a major way uh, after the 9-11-2001 attack on New York in order to control the flow of funding for terrorists. 
So in an act of anti-terrorism, all the banks of the world got together and they joined into this one world banking system code called SWIFT. And now one by one, major Russian banks are being removed as a part of the sanctions that are being slapped on Russia. Russia is going to be slapping sanctions back and both Russia and other nations around the world are going to be hit by that. We as missionaries are going to be hit by that because it is going to become even more difficult to do banking. So now we have gas prices going up. We have international travel becoming more difficult. We have banking becoming more difficult. These are things that we are seeing directly. And now with uh, NATO on the rise, we're going to see China, hopefully, we can see them change course on some of the aggressive language that they've been using lately towards Taiwan. And we can go back to something that was a little bit normal. Will it? I don't know. We don't, we don't really know yet. But we are seeing major changes taking place right now where Ukraine is pivotal. Not just because of what's taking place inside of Europe. And you may not even be able to point Ukraine out on a map. Doesn't matter. If you are a missionary in China, if you are a missionary from China, this is hitting you directly. And that's why we wanted to share it with our partners, with our supporters, to give you the update as we see it day by day and to share with you so that you as our prayer partner can continue to pray for Back to Jerusalem, Back to Jerusalem missionaries, and for those missionaries that are serving in China today. I want to thank you so much for joining us for another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I pray that this update was a blessing for you and can help you and your church and Bible study members to direct your prayers in a very pointed way to pray for the situation that is taking place in Ukraine. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden. God bless.